Oh, the first night we met, we fucked on the couch, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, avoiding catatonic surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's like, that song still makes me like really upset, which is not on the new album, but like, I like Tim Would you say that it gets you mixed up? Oh, Christ. Confusion. Oh. Man, and it's a killing me. There's just too many people And they're all too hard to please Oh my goodness. Alright Kelly, so we are back. Mixed up confusion this week. We've got a couple of topics. Mm -hmm. Um, We are deep diving into stuff now. Uh, We had a playlist. Not a whole lot to say about it. This is for... Except for who that did? You're welcome, America. Yeah, he forgot that was a thing, uh, and also for Scatman. So uh, I double apologies, really. Ooh, was... also I get to remember that Damien Rice is a person, which was kind of fun. That was fun. Nine mm-hmm. is pretty classic. I liked the, the other one, the one before that with Cannonball and all the yeah, all yeah. the ones on it. Wasn't that like a letter? Crimes, right? No, Crimes was after because it, not it was nine, and then like wasn't the other one like a letter or something? Oh, just like A, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. B. Oh, it's gonna kill me! Isn't it called Nine Crimes? The one song? Ooh, that Ooh. that song is good. That's on there. Well, Nine is good. I like. Is nine. that all right, dear? That song. Put my gun away when it's loaded. That's all right, dear. And he still makes music. Oh you yeah. Think? Probably. I, mean, I don't know. Nice oh, no, I did listen to yeah my favorite faded fantasy that came out uh two thousand twenty fourteen now. Oh, oh sure. my god. Uh, no, not oh. The first one's O. It's called O. Oh. Yeah, I know. Right, okay. Uh, Blower's Daughter, Cannonball. Right, that's yeah. all the ones. Those are all the Blower's ones. Blower's Daughter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, I mean, he's not that prolific. It's weird. 10, oh, yeah. 11, Can't and then Can't take my eight. eyes off of you. That's that song. Blower's oh, daughter yeah, song. that's right. Can't take my eyes. The Blower's Daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So good. Yeah. And so it is. Anyways, this is not about Damien Rice. Uh, although I did like it. I enjoyed um, the Louis Armstrong stuff. I liked all the scat stuff, all of the old stuff. It was hard because I like, wanted to have like a minute. No. Excluding <laughs> Scatman. Uh, but otherwise, I think it's, I don't know. We just put a lot of fun dog stuff. Yeah. I don't know. We have Murder by Death. We've got, we've got lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a it's a great playlist, as always. It was, it was enjoyable to listen to as we were listening to this. But that's song. not so, what we're here to talk about. Not here to talk about it. So we're going to talk about two things and we're going to get it out of the way so you can go on with your life. <laughs> Number one, if you've never heard of a man called Tim Barry. Formerly of Avail? Formerly of Avail. Richmond's own Avail. Lives in Richmond. And I think we'll get into that as to maybe one of the reasons why I have nothing but overriding affection for this man. But uh, he released a new record called High on 95. South of Spotsylvania on 95. I shouldn't listen to my friends because they always lie. Got beat by the cops just collecting my check. 
spy skin full mason his friend is how I remember it anyway I go back last these days ain't nothing what it was before I took mine you took yours yeah. yeah we did go to see them in 2015 right before you went on your yeah, what did March? Oh, yeah. March 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so before you left for Europe and Asia. Yeah, it was really fun. That was a really great show. Um, he was the was headliner. Jenny... Jenny Owens Young, yes. I think, was there. And Corey Brennan. And Corey Brennan was there. Yeah. He signed your poster. He did. He was very nice. We didn't stay for Tim Barry to sign the poster. We and Corey did. Brennan's great, and I've recommended... I think one of the very first episodes of this podcast, I, I recommended his mm-hmm. newest record. That came out earlier this year, so... Listen to Corey Brennan. Listen to Tim Barry. And Jenny was young. <laughs> Jenny was young, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was your reservations about it right off the bat? So, I don't know, it sounded like extra country to me, which I just still is a hang-up of mine. And it, the first time you played Tim Perry for me, I didn't get that feel. So it does seem different to me. I understand it's the same kind of genre, like that folk punk kind of thing. Yeah. There's a couple really, really, really good songs, and then some that are just okay. Yeah, I think Ravana Junction is like that's my jam. Yeah, that, like that 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 whole album is great, and that's coming right off of Avail pretty much. So it's like mm-hmm. you still got that rawness, and for what it's worth, he he has a great voice, a unique voice. He's a really talented songwriter. And he just seems so genuine. So genuine. He is. Yeah. I mean, that's. I guess I don't know, but yeah, you would. Well, if never... I would assume, assume anybody is genuine. It's fucking Tim Barry. And I recognize that this is a certain level, like a huge level of privilege to be able to do this, but I've never seen anybody get off of the stage and just play their guitar in the middle of the crowd. Like I kind of forgot that it even happened. Yeah. yeah I've got video of it. Amazing. It's like just the best. I mean, yeah, that was actually, we saw him the Doug Fur Lounge. My keychains, as empty as my moon. It's weird because No News from North was one of my highlights. But yeah, when he got down mm-hmm. and he he brought this mic stand with him and you, I was singing right in front of him, mm-hmm. to him. He was looking right at me. Yeah, you don't get that. You don't get that even with Against Me that we you know gushed about. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do it. There's no way to get Laura one-on-one. Right. And uh, it's really cool to have that with Tim still at this point. So I just like his ethos. That's maybe part of it too where it's like I can forgive a lot of the stuff because – aesthetically and the way that you conduct yourself and the way you live your life, I completely agree with. Um, and so, and I would recommend if anybody wants to get into it at all, I would actually start with exactly what you would want, which is a live CD of Epic Proportions, um, Raising Hell and Living Cheap, live in Richmond. He's from Richmond, Virginia. So if you know anything about Richmond, a lot of his songs deal with Virginia. So I I find the the, the sprinkling of references and stuff, I like that because I know what he's talking about. But even without that, 
when you listen to that live album, it's so good. Yeah. He is so in your face. And you, the crowd is so awesome and is singing every word with him. And yeah, there's just nothing like it. Uh, and if you're going to listen to any songs at all, I'd recommend 40 Miler. Um, I would recommend uh, avoiding uh, Catatonic Surrender. That's my favorite which song. Which is, yeah, your favorite song. Uh, probably my favorite song. Two of my favorite songs are Idol Idealist and uh, Thing of the Past. I think Thing of the Past is. If you're going to live your life in any way, listen to Thing of the Past. So listen to High on 95, support Tim Barry, support art like this. Where people are pouring their heart and soul out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of art, oh, and Gabriel Prosser, yeah, that's oh yeah, Gabriel, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that one's my favorite too. Yeah, well, that's know. the other one. It's not on my band and Jackson. Yeah, it, no, no, it's not, and it's not actually on the. Um, it's on Twenty Eighth and Stonewall, and it's uh, not. Um, unfortunately, I didn't play it live, and it would have been great because he was in Richmond, and that's where it all happened yeah. with Gabriel Prosser. Prosser. So, uh, yeah, so support Tim Barry. Uh, go listen to that. I used to be quiet, then more people came. In the street lights go on now when the sun hides away. They all just walk by when I wave hello. Don't look up from staring down at their phones. When the summer sun falls in the summer night's cool. I smoke on my stoop as they glow in their rooms. I thought I'd make friends. I'm right here with all them. But I guess I'm just not gonna And I'm not sure how much I wanna A band that probably doesn't need as much support <laughs> is uh, an enormous band that yeah. I will admit I have quite a little blind spot to. little band. Which I want to say before we even start, just stop for a minute, like let all the baggage go. This is one of the coolest band names of all time. Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. What a fucking great band name. Yeah. And what a great band it turned out to be. He's good at naming stuff. He's great, yeah. Yeah. What are the other? Kous? Kraus? Caius. Caius. Which started as uh, Catmandius or something. Like, it went through a couple different ones. Oh, no. Uh, But then Eagles of Death Metal. I know. And Uh, Them uh, Crooked Vultures. Them Crooked Vultures, yeah. Which is a super group with him, uh, Josh Homme, Jake Grohl, and uh, Paul Jones? I want to say his name is from Led Zeppelin. Oh, John Paul Jones, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, um, Yeah. Queens of Stone Age, I love them a lot. Yeah. It's kind of one of the bands that I forgot that I loved so much. Like, I don't know, it was really weird uh, that Villains came out and you were like, Villains came out, you know, Queens of Stone Age. I was like, huh, I don't, I guess I don't listen to them that much. And then, like, I went back and was like, oh, yeah, I know all of these songs because I am super into them and I forgot. Like, <laughs> I listened to, like, Clockwork when it came out a million times in a row. Yeah. Just, like, so weird. Because I'm just a different person than I was when I was younger where you'd be fanatically passionate about music. It's like, I know the names and words of every single song. And I'm like, I can't name a song, but I know them and I like them a lot. And I think that's still totally valid. And if, yeah. But I found out about Queens of the Stone Age because I accidentally saw them open for Trent Reznor. Nine Inch Nails <laughs> in 2004 uh, and they were put on a great show yeah like Josh Ami is just did you not know no one knows then did you not or I mean that was right then that. like I had heard that on the radio but it kind of didn't yeah. like put the two and two together sure that makes sense because yeah, that I uh, Songs for the Deaf just came out oh. and um, I wasn't there for him <laughs> like I wasn't no, there for them true. at all that's true um, but what a great surprise because he's got such a presence like one of his nicknames along with Baby Duck is uh, yeah I don't know Man, we're getting deep. This is what Ginger I want. Elvis, and like he oh, okay. absolutely has that presence on stage where he's just like weirdly swinging his hips and just like mm-hmm. all six foot four of like this weird big guy, and he's just I don't know. He has a real presence. Anyway, so Josh Homme, real quick, Caius, 
1987 yes. forms. He's 14 That's years old. That's when I was born. I know. 14. Wow. So he's fronting this weird concept metal punk band. Uh, I don't like Caius very much. But Stoner rock. Okay. Uh, we can never say that again. I'd be fine with it. We're going to get into it. I feel like that's not a thing. But it is a thing. I, apparently. Apparently. But to me, Stoner Rock is fucking sublime. Like, oh, no. that's not, I don't know. Whatever. Well, I don't smoke weed anymore, but like, I still wouldn't want to listen to Well, I wouldn't want to listen age. to like droning guitars and stuff. That's like yeah, what I would want right? to do. Why I is that Stoner Rock? I want to listen to Just because it's slow. That's I guess. Uh, I knew about Caius again by accident because they played with Tool, and it's so fucking weird to think that fourteen-year-old Josh Ami in 1987 is going to kind of a little inspire Tool, which was a huge band in my life for so long. And they actually covered a song of Caius's. There's like this weird fucking bootleg, not bootleg thing that I found on back in the days of uh, Napster that was absolutely Maynard playing a Kaya song. I'm sure it's because they were all touring together and it's like, fuck it, let's just play it together. Kid's got to be seventeen, maybe. In fact, when they signed their three-record deal, he could his parents had to sign for him because he wasn't eighteen. And like, he—it's such a—I wouldn't call this Stone Rock because I don't know what that is, <laughs> yeah. and I don't agree. But I would call it Desert Rock, and it's because yeah. that's—he's from uh, where is it? The something something desert in California, the Mojave Desert. No, no. The, I always thought it was home for the longest time. Well, when I was younger. I yeah, mean, that's not wrong, time. because he has this really, like, glib quote where he's like, somebody's like, okay, tell me how to pronounce your name. And he's like, well, when I'm abroad, it's Om, but uh, when I'm here, it's Ami, Hami. Yeah. Like, okay. All right, dude. So he's from Palm Desert, California, and that's where Kai is formed, and he just, like, the, the idea of Queens of the Stone Age, which Kai broke up in 97, and he formed Gamma Ray, which is Queens of the Stone Age, but that's what it was called in its infancy. And they like, released a, a dual record with the two bands before their self-titled album came out. Um, and he said that he was just channeling awkward car rides through the desert. They used to do these cool things called generator parties, where they would set up in the desert. They would bring their generators with them and just play. Until they died? Or... Yeah. That's just awesome. like in weird random spots they would set up in the desert. Well, it's the Songs of the Deaf. I mean, that's, as a concept, that's... I mean, with the radio playing and everything mm-hmm. like that, yeah. you're supposed to imagine driving out in the desert. That's the whole yeah. shtick of Songs for the Dead. He said all they could hear was Mexican radio stations yeah, and yeah. stuff. And, like, it's so of that region, and it's so cool, like, because I don't know a lot about desert life at all. Like, I, and that's just a weird thing to say, but, like, I, it's yeah. a region of the world I, or country I've never lived in. Never lived in either. But it sounds so specific. And uh, he did this cool thing called the Desert Sessions, which was in a recording studio in um joshua tree that he a million people have recorded at but the desert session specifically was something that he put on and a bunch of people have recorded through that uh pj harvey Mm. josh freeze and uh jordy white which are from a perfect circle and it's just like they're all interconnected but in a bunch of other bands too 
She's not. No, 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 but Josh Friesen. Can you imagine PJ Harvey in a perfect (laughs) circle? I mean, come on. That would be great. I'm into it. Joshua Tree. Okay. But so it's just like he made that thing like come here and do music because sometimes people forget why they're doing this. Like we're all just starting garages doing dumb shit and this is your chance to do it. And a lot of stuff from Eagles of Death Metal um, and the other one I can't ever remember the name Bevan Vultures. Vultures ended up like being in cuts from there and they release big volumes uh, of all the artists that play there every oh, once cool. in a year. Like I think they had like 10 or 12 at this point. It's just I don't know, really cool thing. Anyway, yeah. he does, and he does so much music. He's involved in like eight bajillion. Well, he's, he's played, played on Iggy Pop's. Yeah, they did that, that record one, together, yeah, and definitely. like he's played with Mastodon. He's like he has played with so many people just because he can't stop making music, which is cool. And, and that's something I didn't know. So I'm coming into this without any of that knowledge. <laughs> like I know, and I know enough. I listened to songs for the Deaf back in 2002, but I was too cool. Mm-hmm. That was like that was mainstream rock. I didn't. I don't associate with that, but I know everything. I remember the video. Yeah, we watched it. We re- we liked it. Go with the flow. We dug it. Uh, I never listened to Queens of the Stone Age. Now that's one that you said you didn't really, didn't really listen to the, their very first record. Yeah, the, the first album. I don't think it. I've ever listened to. Yeah, so songs for the deaf was probably the one that like I would have gotten into the most. I found their first record really really long. Mm-hmm. I don't know what stoner rock is, um, per se either. But I do listen to some stuff like this, and so it's kind of fun when uh, it's it's sludgy. It, I like that. I'm into that a little bit. But it also got these weird, like I thought Queens of Stone Age was really fun. It was very, it was a very varied record. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to it. I, I don't think that some of their later stuff can say the same. L- listening to all of this this entire week has been really illuminating because it's really interesting to see where they started. I, I think Rated R is my favorite, and I loved it. My favorite review of it. Uh, was from Rate Your Music. It was a guy, his name is Paperhouse, and he says, To whom it may concern, this album you are about to take contains the following situations. Adult situations, consumption, illegal substances, <laughs> nudity, sexual content, paranoid delusions, personal secrets, violence, subversive elements, disbelief, revenge, hallucinations, alcohol, sleep deprivation, lascivious behavior, relief, dark metamorphosis, language, bad habits, and blind faith. Listen only as directed. Recommended to anyone who appreciates music. This album is not for everyone. Some users may feel the need to use critical jargon, false accusations, and lame general summaries. Side effects may include dizziness, self-dependency, drug use, air guitar, sing-alongs, and or shouting Dutch gibberish. Queens of the Stone Age, rated R. Better living through chemistry.
for like a record that's pretty much starts with just a litany of drugs, which I'm kind of out on in a way. That was what you were singing last week. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's such a fun, for anybody who's done drugs, it's one of those really fun ones to, I don't know, it was fun for me to listen to and remember like, oh. It's also just fun to say, cocaine. But even the whole thing, the whole thing's just draped in drugs. Like getting on, like Autopilot's one of my favorite songs on there and it's just, that's just about tripping. The whole thing's about just tripping. And I guess uh, reading about it, that was like his first big trip or something like that. And that's pretty much what the whole thing was channeling. And I really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. And, And that was a record that was an hour long. Never felt like it. So no one knows. No which one knows. Was the, is enormous. The biggest song the they biggest. had, uh, and "Songs for the Deaf" was their only album to hit uh, Billboard top ten um, ever. And the rest of them got pretty close. Not yeah, like I were, mean they're not a yeah, small band. No, um, but this one was massive. If not anything, that single alone is. People know that even today. Yeah. The, so the biggest consistency that Queens of Stone Age has is like these really tasty, meaty bass lines. Mm-hmm. And that song in particular, when um, this guitar starts going nuts, that mm-hmm. in the background, the bass is going mm-hmm. fucking bonkers too. Yeah. And it's just like so, so good. Yeah. So even though that's like the single, it's still a banger. It's amazing. to it i thought i wasn't gonna like it i uh-huh. thought it was just gonna be like my 15 year old self just like get me to the next song i gotta <laughs> listen to this record and review it for a podcast that i do but i was like oh yeah fuck yeah it it's was really it was good. good yeah um so and hanging tree is all actually one of my favorite songs too yeah that's um, a great song this guy's fallen go with the flow for me do it again yep it was just over and over you're just like this is great his guitar is so good mm-hmm. and so consistently good. So the other thing I, I love about the band is his voice, which is really funny because yeah, in Caius, he only played guitar and he never sang. And he actually asked, he used to play with Screaming Trees for a mm-hmm. little while. And he asked the lead singer who collaborates on five of uh, like all their albums, except for the most recent one, Mark Langenhan, I think, Langenhan? Anyway, yeah. he asked him and a bunch of other people, like, can you please sing for my, this band I want to do? And they're like, no, sorry, I can't, whatever. And so he's like, fuck it, I guess I'll sing. I'm like, I love his voice so much. Yes. Like, I can't I can't fathom a world where he's not, like, because no. that's the band to me. Like, I, he does so many cool things. He has such a great range and just, like, sounds so good. So Queens of Strange has two modes for me. It's, like, weird, trippy stuff. Uh, like, And I love that they don't have any, like, obliquely sexist garbage. They just are talking about weird shit a lot of the time. Like, I, some of the metaphors, whatever. But I don't know. They're just so good. So it's either like that, I'm going to do some weird, sexy shit, trippy shit, and make bad choices, or like I have this really perfect image of somebody like in a leather jacket, white knuckled on the steering wheel, just like, I'm ready to Got fucking it. kick some ass. Like, That's cool. I'm glad you said that, because I was going to ask, what what is the thing that draws a Queens of the Stone Age fan? Who comes to Queens of the Stone Age? And I guess as a kid, I didn't really understand who came to it. And knowing only no one knows, really, 
that did, that told me that it was just my it was like this band was basically equated for me as as a hardcore punk kid this band was equated with the worst of modern radio and think about 2000 radio this band you know reading up on songs for the deaf like articles and stuff i mean the bassist at the time he got fired from the band i remember that happening but he he basically said like they got lumped into that category because they wrote this song and they were like oh you got to write another single. He's like, I don't know how to do, we don't know how to do singles. We don't do singles. We're just a fucking weird band. Mm -hmm. It's so weird that this would have happened to us, but this would have been on there regardless. We weren't trying to make anything, but I think for a kid like me, I didn't understand that and I didn't know who they were. So I just thought they were a band that I just hadn't heard of, but it was like Nickelback. It's like Creed. It's like, Oh yeah. So they're just, and so I just never paid them any mind. And and also the people that liked them, I didn't like. Fair Which enough. is, and that's a huge thing when you're 15. Yeah, well, we would have been friends. We would have been friends. No, <laughs> that's true. And it really wasn't until like Clockwork came out that I really gave it another shot. Mm-hmm. And, and which is obviously 11 years later. Yeah, I never really paid them any mind. I didn't know that they had drunken lullabies or lullabies, uh, lullabies, lullabies to paralyze. I didn't know what era Vulgaris was, uh, but I liked lullabies a lot. I thought it was really, I thought it was good. It was a nice slower pace from. Um, Songs for the Deaf, and I guess he was seeing it as like a trilogy from Rated R to here to hmm. to lullabies, which I I don't know. I can kind of hear it. Um, my favorites on there were Everybody Knows That You're Insane. Yeah. Tangled Up in Plaid. Sounds familiar. Tangled Up in Blue. Absolutely <laughs> where he's going with that, which was a great song. In My Head, Little Sister. I guess those were like the uh, singles and like vaguely yeah. Little Sister, because I know that was the single, but... I've seen just that don't... song at karaoke before. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I really... That's so. If we're gonna go through my rankings real quick, it'll probably be like Clockwork number one, Lullabies oh, Paralyzed number two, oh, wow. Songs cool. for the Deaf number three, then Rated R, then Era Vulgaris, and then they're self-titled. Yeah, just because I, I again, I like forgot that I loved this band so much somehow because you just do other stuff and yeah. you live your life. And then when I was listening to Lullabies of Paralyzed, I was like, oh yeah, I used to have this as like the ringtone to my my fucking ex girlfriend when she would call me. Is you're in my head and just like there's so much of my life like again that. that like that image of being yeah. like driving to a bad choice just like driving to a bad situation and i'm just like i'm doing it anyway here we go and just yeah. like loud music windows down fucking just flying through the desert like that's yeah. it's just such a vivid image to me Clockwork especially, I feel like that should be a fucking rock opera because the imagery in that album is just amazing. Like every song really paints a picture. Other than If I Had a Tail, which is probably my second favorite song, it's just I a love banger. If I had a it's tale. so good. Yeah. No, it's, it's such so a great good. song. It makes but, I don't understand it. But um, when he says it, you're like, uh, oh yeah. I guess. Doesn't even matter what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I, and then I thought so when it good. happened, I was like, oh, I'm gonna. I should listen to the lyrics on this because that's probably he's making a statement that I never did. And then he's saying that part again i was just like oh yeah that's great keep keep doing that (laughs) so very bob dylan uh josh homie died for like two seconds in 2010 um he was having knee surgery and developed a mercer infection and asphyxiated while he was under it had to be brought back with the tribulators um which and then went into like this crazy spiraling depression where he couldn't tour he did nothing for two years he couldn't move for like 10 days yeah yeah so 
last year he was talking to somebody and said this weird throwaway comment like I'm not sure any of that the knee surgery story actually happened that might have been someone else and I was like what the fuck that's awesome this crazy motorcycle accident motherfucker uh-huh. but like by all accounts it's real anyway is it? I mean maybe not <laughs> by all accounts so unless not. you're talking to Josh Abbey who is supposedly about I don't know but the like he said something like uh, I was really down in it like drugs and stuff wise so yeah. like it really could have been and some both, well that's Bob you know he's so high maybe he just needed yeah. to go to rehab and not have a motorcycle accident yeah. maybe that's what it metaphorically like is either way the whole album like clockwork mm-hmm. is very very much about death yes and um it makes it great if i had a tale is a great banger and it's a fun song but um the vampire of time and memory mm-hmm. is like such a beautiful fucking heart-rendering kind of song that it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I sat by the ocean. Farewell, friends. For oh, me, the great guitar. Holy everything, fuck. and the way that song ends too, where he's just like singing, he's going into the chorus again. She's like, I oh, fucking. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and then like I appear missing, which I I feel like should have been the last song. I like the last song a lot, but just like what's the line? He says, Yeah, I never loved anything until I loved you. Just like his voice is so fucking good, it's and that's where Era Vulgaris gets. Era Vulgaris and Villains are my two bottoms because I feel like they're sort of the same. Um, I would have been really disappointed in Era if I was into them. Uh, I understand it a lot more in context. And also, this being a Bob Dylan podcast and talking about Bob Dylan, I understand it a lot more. Where you can't do like clockwork every time. You can't have this fake death or real death experience or whatever. Or creating something around where your mind goes to write something. Like, I feel that's what Bob Dylan does more than anything else. It's like... You draw from your own life, but you also envision a world that you want to write about. John Wesley Harding is all that. It's not real, anybody. Sit down. He's telling short stories. This, too, is like drawing from an experience that he might not have had, but a character in his mind had. That's what, that's what songs are. That's what writing is. That's what all of this is. And, uh, yeah, it's really, I don't know, it's successful in a way like villains is the opposite to that, where it's... Yeah just kind of having fun and to be honest which is good yeah it was fine not as good yeah I would definitely put it lower yeah and I think that that's a fascinating thing and and even just listening to these six records it's really exciting what's possible with them and with him especially I mean he has so much music out there he's so prolific really prolific and so it's hard to keep up and I was really I was really into it really glad that I sat down to do it because and I'm even more perplexed now than I was before, which I think is a really good thing. Oh, cool. It makes me more curious because I don't understand how you can keep a consistent fan base with such fucking varied, really varied music. And reading some of the reviews and stuff as I went, it's it can be polarizing on both sides. So and maybe Bob like does the same all. thing. It's like you know you skirt that. Yeah. And you know you like some stuff you don't. I think if you have to come down on an opinion. You can have one if you want, but for the most part, it's like it's fine. Oh, I, I don't yeah. think Arrow was good. Like that's the only one that I, I think really isn't. Good. I think my least favorite song is Six 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 of all their songs. That's the only one that mm-hmm. uh, when I was listening to that, that I don't know where I fucking have heard that before, but in like a video game maybe or something. Oh, I mean I know they did a lot of stuff. Rock Band, or Guitar oh, Hero. Yeah, yeah. It that song. It's trying not to be funny makes me nauseated because it like the chords like it just makes me feel like I'm on a ride that I don't want to be on I like that it's off kilter like the guitar is just a little bit off of its thing like where you expect it to go and then it comes in just a little bit after ooh I love it I hate it that song was great that was (laughs) my favorite so much yeah I think I started liking the album after I which is bad because I recognized the song and I'm like oh that is Queen's I had no idea if you had played me that two weeks ago 
I would have never guessed Queens of the Stone Age. The 666, six, six, threes and sevens, six, 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 and uh, yeah. Make It With You, I think, were their singles make on that one. Make It With You, yeah. Know, they do weird shit. I well, like no, that's what I mean. I didn't so know that they did weird shit. <laughs> yeah. That makes me respect them a lot more. I had no idea. I thought they were generic rock bands that did some cool stuff, admittedly. I knew that. I'd listened to Songs of the Deaf when I was younger, but I just, I thought it was just all Songs of the Deaf, and I'm glad it's not. Yeah. I'm really glad it's not. And I'm glad that I, that wasn't, I'm glad that that also wasn't my favorite one. I thought that that, in the end, I would still be drawn to that, but I really, really love Rated R. That shit's really good. Nice. Villains, I don't know if it's quite for me. I like it. It's, but it's good. It's not as good as like Clockwork, but I feel like you can't do that album over again. No, like I would have been just, keep, no. no. And that's what I was saying. Yeah. Like you just can't do it again. And really, for what it's worth, his guitar sounds really great. It got me thinking, seeing them live must be a trip. I mean, you saw him in 2004. That's a long time ago at this yeah. point. But how many guitar tones? Like, I, he must have like f- four, five, six guitars that he's getting. So apparently he's really coy about his setup and he won't uh, ever answer questions. Nor should he. Yeah. He's probably got pedals for yeah. days. Right. So it's really fun to think of like clockwork with Era Vulgar- Vulgaris. Era Vulgaris guitar on it. Can you imagine those songs with that fucking glam rock guitar? Uh-huh. And then taking those and putting you know, like songs for the deaf guitar onto that those songs. That's fascinating. Like you could do that forever. Just change your guitar and you've made it a completely different song. Yeah. You could speed up the slow ones. I mean that's what Bob does. You know, you just change the tone around forever to suit your own needs. God bless you, Josh Homie. It's great. <laughs> Josh Homie. 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 Um, um whatever. Whatever. It'd be cool to see them again. I definitely would like being more cognizant of them as a band. Yeah. This was Mixed Up Confusion. This was Queens of the Stone Age. And Tim Berry. And Tim Berry. So we will be back. Um, we're going to be doing uh, Woody Guthrie for the most part for the rest of this time. We might do a special one at some point maybe to cover propaganda. But <laughs> it might not be until November. But you will certainly Mandatory hear from me on the internet. Just listening. I'll be listening to it all the way through November. Album of the year. Album of the year. No doubt. Is that bad where you go into it just knowing it's going to be the album of the year? No, I know it'll be my favorite album, but... This consistently there there are this is a big year for you at the drive-in at the drive-in was dope it's mystery band flatliners i mean there's so many uh, that's metzingers no even yeah. metzingers yeah, yeah absolutely at february before we started the podcast yeah, that was one of the first ones to i that in Hawaii, yeah. uh yeah so we're uh and we'll talk about it. it'll be fun to go actually through all of our recommendations we'll do a big thing at the end of the year uh to close out season one Spoiler. so i know so sometime in december we'll talk about all this stuff again and maybe i'll just go about propaganda for 45 years who knows just Who do knows? a marathon podcast. All right, we are leaving the apartment. Uh, throwback. Remember how we went to the bunker to learn how to be better podcasters? Mm-hmm. We gotta go to trivia. <laughs> We've we learned go. nothing. Wait, they're coming for us. Holy shit, they're taking us back to the bunker. <laughs> oh, no. Oh.